Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Stephen Ledoux joins us. He's the past president of the Liberal Party of Canada, lawyer and media pundit with his YouTube channel, a three-minute interview channel on YouTube, and uh, a longtime great friend of mine. We used to air a program on a weekly basis with our great friend and uh, sadly no longer with us, uh, Professor John Crispo. We called it the Grumps. I, uh, <laughs> Stephen, when I, I don't mean to laugh. It's not, it's, not, it's not appropriate and I shouldn't do it. But when I hear Mr. Trudeau speak, I just never hear anybody else talk that way. <laughs> well, well, because no one else does, particularly somebody who is in power. Um, first of all, you listen to his tone and he is so enthusiastic about this refreshed and reinvigorated, rejuvenated cabinet. And it's really just a rehash of the sycophants who were there before. And if you're not a sycophant to Trudeau, you're not in the cabinet. Um, and I'm just looking at pictures now online. We all know that he is in, uh, he was in the Netherlands. He is now going to uh, the G20 in Italy and then back for the uh, for the for the COP26 in um, in Glasgow, and uh, using up jet fuel like crazy, he sent over a Hercules earlier this week. I don't know, maybe it was with his armchair. So his cabinet was sworn in this week. We all saw it. Everybody wearing masks. I just saw a picture of him behind a bar, in a bar in the Netherlands with a whole bunch of people. And they're all singing and carousing. Nobody has a mask on. I mean, he is a man. Who is uh, who, who? Who says things and doesn't act on them? And I think that um, Canadians are starting to get onto him. But now he's in his third mandate, and uh, and there's no one to tell this man what is proper, what is appropriate. Uh, hence, we found him on uh, the beaches of Tofino, Roy. Yes, indeed. He was out that create what well, he was supposedly marking Reconciliation Day, which he created. He's a, he's a, he's, a, he's he is just he is not uh, he is not a decent and he is not an honest person. He's a well, party boy. Didn't it seem? And you know John Chrétien well. In fact, and, on, I, and during, I know Justin well. And you know Justin well. You uh, on my program a number of years ago had an interesting exchange with a senior advisor to Mr. Chrétien when you said something about uh, him being as smart as a bag full of hammers. <laughs> and I, re I remember there were emails flying back and forth between you and Mr. Goldenberg, I believe, at the time. But yeah. when, when, you, when you have the elder statesman of the party, Mr. Chrétien, with his new book, but not just talking about his book, but taking the opportunity to really, in strong terms, for one Liberal Prime Minister directing his attention to another Liberal Prime Minister, to criticize Mr. Trudeau the way Mr. Chrétien did, that speaks volumes to me. At least, I may be wrong, you tell me. I think within the party, there's an entire cadre of people who, who can't understand Justin Trudeau. Well, you're absolutely right, and... and, and there's a bit of this. I should unfold a few things here. First of all, the party is not what the party used to be. Um, when the party, uh, well, when I was the president of the party and there was an executive of strong people from coast to coast, uh, they, they enforced the Constitution, which is why Mr. Kretchen had to leave. And there's a convention. Mr. Martin came in. They were both, Mr. Kretchen and Mr. Martin, were well served by a strong executive of the party that stuck to the rules. Now the party is Mr. Trudeau's party. 
There's no one to provide blowback to him. And I think that's what was in Mr. Kretchen's mind. Mr. Kretchen and I, um, you know, we have chatted since uh, those days uh, when I called his party financing idea, that was a bag of hammers. So you put away the hammers. Yeah, (laughs) he has put away the hammers and so have I. It was um, at that time in 2002, 2003, I was enforcing the rules and he had to leave office and he didn't want to leave office. He'd been there for a long time. Power corrupts. He wasn't corrupted, but he was very, very um, arrogant in power. And it was time for him to to leave. And the rules, he didn't want to leave, but the rules, when people enforce them, uh, uh, forced him to leave. Um, Some people who don't know the party say, well, the party kicked him out. That's not true. The party just enforced the party rules. I think he is concerned now about Mr. Trudeau being the lightweight that he is, uh, saying things and not acting on them. Uh, I think that Mr. Kretchen is concerned for Canada, as many people are concerned for Canada, not only Canada and Canadians, but Canada's role, Roy, on the world stage. We have other, I mean, it was two years ago, the Australian Prime Minister wrote a book and he's talking about the world and his view of it. And he said the Canadian Prime Minister is a flake. I mean, that would never happen with any other Prime Minister. We've never had a Prime Minister. People could disagree with them or agree with them. Yeah. Like many people did with Kretchen, with Mulroney, um, you know, with Trudeau's father. But no one was called a flake and no one was called, no one was laughed at behind the back. But that's what's happening with Canada. Canada used to have a position in the world stage. And here we find out a few months ago, there's a deal now between Britain, Australia and the United States. Canada didn't even know about it. That's we right. Aren't, we aren't significant. And first and secondly, they can't trust Trudeau. So no one tells Trudeau anything. So it's a, it's a bad state, which is why I think Kretchen was coming out saying that, because he never, a few years ago, would have been critical of a liberal government or a liberal prime minister. No, so, I can't imagine that. Well, no, it he, actually he took, me by, it took me by surprise, because yeah. Jean Kretchen was, his, was Pierre Trudeau's finance minister and, oh. and really looked up to Pierre Trudeau, and now he's dealing with his Trudeau's son as prime minister and watching him in office leading the country for yes. six years... And feels obviously feels compelled to speak out, and I don't take any great pleasure in giggling when uh, when I hear the prime minister speak. But I don't know what else to do, Stephen. Well, I, I think I think that's a fair comment, Roy, and it's not disrespectful. But I mean, it's about time that Canadians learn what is really going on in Ottawa, that they see the results of uh, particularly people in the other parts of Canada look at Toronto and they say, how could you guys vote this government back in, which is what happened the GTA, and they're starting to realize that we may, we may not be well served. I mean, another example this week, and I had a number of women comment to me about the Prime Minister. So here is Minister Anon, his choice to clean up national affairs, national defense, so that you'll know, get rid of... Uh, um, uh, sexual uh, misconduct in the national defense, and he's swearing her in. He's hugging her. She's hugging him, and he's rubbing his nose in her in her forehead. I had a woman co- comment to me saying, "If my boss did that to me, I'd kick him." You know where? Yeah, that was that was just so obviously wrong. Well, it, well, it, it was obvious it, to it, anyone except except Trudeau, and and the sycophants around Trudeau. Yeah, and, uh, and here we have. Uh, for global affairs, we have a minister there, Jolie, Melanie Jolie, very nice woman. Uh, she has made so many mistakes when she's been in the cabinet before, including that huge drink on Parliament Hill years ago. Remember that fiasco? Uh, it, it cost 
tens of billions of dollars for a rink that no one could use that she built and she made other great mistakes and she was so in such disfavor all of a sudden boom i don't know what she did right but now she's the minister dealing with china dealing with the united states two of the biggest files that will impact canadians for generations to come yes indeed plus plus we have state plus we have um, at the very least, you can call him an environmental activist as the environment minister who's going to be leading, uh, you know, right behind Justin Trudeau in Glasgow and, uh, you know, uh, Stephen uh, Gilbeault. Yeah. So do you, do you put an activist in place in, in a situation like that? I, I don't well, think other prime ministers would have done that. No, they wouldn't. But this prime minister is... Uh, is is ideological and he has put the fox in the hen house because uh uh the minister of uh, the environment does not like gas and oil you look back and your viewers have your sorry your listeners have viewed that uh before when he's marched out in his uh prison clothes and he was attacking the the, the alberta premier's house i mean this guy has been an international lawbreaker a jokester with uh, greenpeace and he says, I don't like gas and oil. Well, if I was, you know, dependent on that, like many people are, either one for their income or two for heating in winter, um, yes. then I'd be worried. And, and here we are, we're importing oil from Saudi Arabia, paying a, a racist, misogynist regime. I mean, they treat women terribly there. We're giving them billions of dollars, and yeah. we're starving Alberta. Right. We, 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 we import over 700,000 barrels of oil each and every day. Yeah. Each it and every day. It does not make any sense. And if you, you know, when Quebec is brought into the picture, we've had representatives of the Montreal Economic Institute on this program. They do polling through Leger, a big company, and they have found success in successive years that Quebecers, not the government, not the elites, the people of Quebec, what do they want? They want pipelines. Where do they want them from? Western Canada. What do they not want? Foreign oil. They would love to have the oil from Quebec, but if they can't have it from Quebec, they want it from Western Canada. Do we ever hear that? No. And we never have, can't have a radical discussion about climate change in this uh, country. I mean, there is climate change. All Trudeau says, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight by adding taxes. If you're, if you're a, a plumber and you're going from site to site, you need to have your truck and your tools. And so whether, you know, gasoline... Is a dollar a liter or two dollars a liter? You have to. You have to. You have to go. You have to spend it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's your living. So it's not as though people are grabbing jets like Trudeau is and flying all around the world with unnecessary travel. Canadians are hardworking. They need gas and oil, and here we are. We're depriving the West, and we're importing it from uh, Saudi. And our leaders seem to think that's quite all right. Which I just think. Uh, I think we're coming to the. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was listening to your intro, Roy, and I heard you chuckle. I know you're not a disrespectful person, but I was thinking a lot of Canadians are starting to think, you know, this is just not right, and this mm. man is not a serious leader. Yeah. Stephen, let me take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about the cabinet, his cabinet <laughs> decisions, and what I find particularly curious, that after the election, he hasn't had a caucus meeting. Well, I hope you have another hour in your show for me. You've got. You can have everything I have. <laughs> we'll come back with my good friend Stephen Ledrew. You can uh, go to his YouTube channel for his three-minute interviews. Uh, what, what's the name of the channel? 
It's, it's just the LeDrew three-minute interview. And someone told me, they said, LeDrew, there's nothing better for me than to sit on the toilet in the morning and watch it three minutes. It all works. Whatever works for you, Stephen. <laughs> and uh, let's talk some more here, Mr. LeDrew. We've known each other about 20-odd years, I think. And we've covered so many issues. Together. This, this one is just so, it's spinning out of control. Uh, I have to, I have to try, I have to really focus on the questions that I want to ask about this government and this prime minister. So let me ask you, you're the one with the experience with the Liberal Party. You're the former president of the party. You dealt with Chrétien. You dealt with Martin. You dealt with Pierre Trudeau. You've dealt with this prime minister, Justin Trudeau. So he has this, this cabinet. And I saw a very interesting, uh, column. I think it was by John Iveson. I, I think it was by John in the National Post about blue liberals being incensed over the, uh, over over this cabinet selection. So talk to us, please, about the cabinet selections, the, the, what goes into making a cabinet uh, d- decision and selection. And um, uh, I wanted to ask you as well, what happens to people who are dispatched to the gulag, like Mark Garneau? He had a responsible cabinet position. Suddenly he's out. He's in the gulag in the back benches, right? Well, he is in the back benches, but I suspect that for Garneau, he will get a, a plum appointment uh, I've heard that he will be Canada's ambassador to France, a nice place in Paris. Um, but there is, it's, it's interesting, Trudeau is stuck in this old-fashioned idea of 50-50 parity between men and women in the cabinet. Therefore, there are some really competent men who are not in the cabinet, and there are some really incompetent women who are in the cabinet. But don't worry about competency. It's only that he wants 50-50 men and women. And that was something that, oh, that was maybe cool 10 years ago. Uh, just like when he said in 2015, you know, Canada is back on the world scene. Well, anything is farther from the truth than that. Um, so he is, he is stuck in this old time warp. And you know, and your, your listeners know what goes into a cabinet. It's competence. It's uh, geography. It is, <laughs> to a degree. You have to have uh, certainly a goodly number of women, but to stick to the 50-50 is ridiculous. And he has people in there who are going to be an embarrassment. And for him to say, you know, it's just refreshing, so enthusiastic, you know, you, you play it again at the start, Roy, he sounds like a cheerleader, which is really what he is. So, Stephen, is there um, a movement within the party, and I've spoken to members of the party uh, privately, and I won't divulge the entire conversation, but they certainly haven't been uh, particularly enthusiastic about Mr. Trudeau continuing as leader. They have on one individual particularly has brought up the name Mark Carney so many times. I think I thought he was back to being the governor of the Bank of Canada, but he talked about Carney being the uh, the leader of the Liberal Party, returning the party to what it was, and having Carney as prime minister. Uh, what's going on? Do you, what can you tell us about what's going on inside the party? Well, I think that, first of all, uh, for people to say Carney and bring him in, the party has seen what happens with coronations. Uh, they had a coronation of Ignatiev. Right. He fell flat in his face. They had a coronation of Dion. He fell flat in his face. Uh, you need to have party races. You need to have uh, democracy. And you need to elect uh, a new leader. And if it's Carney, so be it. But, I mean, no one's going to have this palace coup and bring in uh, somebody through the back door. That said, it does show that people are becoming very unhappy with Trudeau. They're worried about the economy. This is a time when our national debt, as Gretchen was pointing out, and as you said, Roy, 
you know, the, the taxation and the huge spending and the printing of money. Somebody, and Trudeau himself, says, well, I don't balance budgets. I don't have nothing about uh, And, Stephen, I haven't looked at the clock. I literally have 20 seconds. So yep. can you just take us to, to a logical conclusion here? Well, he's afraid to meet caucus. We're saying that caucus hasn't met. I think he's afraid to meet caucus because he knows he's going to be very, very heavily criticized. I think that it's a time and when Liberal Party members are starting to get strong and they are going to be moving to have a leadership review. And if there's a leadership review, then it's democracy. If people don't like them, they'll vote them and vote them out or say, I'll vote for a review, which is a re-election, and have a race. Here we go. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.